0: God is good. God is good. It's good to see some some faces back. I'm so glad the Romos are back today. They've they've had a little bit of a trial with sickness in their households, but God was faithful, and uh, they're they're on the mend. I remember the Noblets. If y'all are watching, we're praying for you and your family. They they are dealing with some sickness as well. Uh, As Kate said, man, it has been a challenging week. Uh, Coach Moreno, who's impacted uh, so many young people in the greater community. Uh, coaching soccer, and uh, you know we've we, we been praying for his family. We, uh, we put a link out on the uh, gathering Facebook page if anyone is interested in signing up for uh, the meal train uh, that someone had uh, put together for the Moreno family. If the Lord moves on you to do so, please please be obedient to what the Lord uh, the Lord would ask you. Uh, also, um, uh, Pastor Ricky Tejada from Covenant Church passed away. Uh, of COVID uh, recently, and so the funeral was yesterday. Uh, I heard that there was it was an hour and a half wait to get into for the viewing. There were so many people that impact that he impacted, and his family have impacted. Uh, and so just keep not only not only the the family in prayer, uh, Pastor Sid, his wife, and everyone else, but also the uh, the the fellowship of Covenant Church. It's a wonderful, beautiful, thriving fellowship. Multiple campuses was started. Uh, you know, started uh, way back and uh, uh, early, early on, and uh, back in the, uh, I believe, the early '80s. Um, and, and you know, Pastor Mike was uh, had, had planted it, and man, just uh, I, I would hate to see the enemy try to come in and and try to cause division or anything else. I don't believe it's going to happen. I believe the Lord's going to raise somebody up for such a time as this for Covenant Church. So. Uh, uh, Isaac and Erica, that's, that's kind of their home church that they base out of. And, and so we're just know that we're praying. The, the fellowship over here is praying for the fellowship over there. <laughs> so, because uh, we're all part of one family. Uh, thank you, those of you who uh, have just uh, sent condolences and checked on my family uh, with the passing of my nephew. Uh, God is good. We, we had the uh, uh, memorial yesterday. I'm glad to be on this side of it, <laughs> but, but saw so many friends and, and people, you know, unfortunately sometimes that's the only time you see certain loved ones and certain friends, is uh, either if somebody gets married or somebody passes, you know, we need to take time to all get together at some point. Um, but I do want to say this, for those of you who weren't here last week, I'm, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I do want to say this before we get into our message today, in um, and, 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 and way of my, my nephew, um, you know, men, mental health issues are very real. Uh, if you know someone who is struggling from them, if you, if you happen to be fighting that fight, there's no shame. Uh, there's no shame to get help. There's no shame to acknowledge it. Uh, we need to remove the stigma off of it. And uh, while I don't ever believe that taking your own life is the solution, I do believe that God's grace is bigger than what we ever can even imagine Try to imagine how big his grace is, and it's even greater than that. And, and uh, I believe with all my heart, I, I've, I've known Andrew since he was born. He was, he was my nephew. He was almost a kid brother to me. And we spent a lot of time. But I believe with all my heart that, that he is, he's in the presence of God. And, and you know, we wouldn't think, we've, so I've, I've chatted with some of you guys about this. We wouldn't think anything, and I'm not justifying anything. Don't, uh, don't Please don't misunderstand me. <clears throat> but we wouldn't think anything about it. We had a loved one who had been fighting cancer and sickness in their body for years and years, and the treatments and therapy just, they they couldn't take it anymore, and they were tired. And they said, that's it. That's it. No more therapy. No more chemo. No more treatments. As much as we wouldn't want them to say that, we would say, you know what? Poor guy, he's tired. He's just tired. And in our society, we would accept it. But sometimes people, when they are not well, when they are sick in their mind, their mind they reach a point and they get tired and, and they, they, they can't think of the thought of therapy anymore, they can't think of the thought of help, they don't think there's any help and sometimes they make that decision and as much as we don't want them to make that decision, I believe if, if the grace of God and the, and the blood of Jesus covers me, he covers, he covers that as well, I believe with everything in me. So uh, get help if you need to, there's no shame in that. We have the great counselor and, and we're filled with them, the Holy Spirit uh, but also, the Bible talks about seeking godly counsel as well. There are men and women of God who are trained, uh, who, can, who can help. So get help, and there is no shame in it. Amen? And uh, uh, I have watched the Holy Spirit, which we were wrapping up our series on the Holy Spirit. I've watched the Holy Spirit strengthen my family. I've watched him straighten my sister's spine during this loss of her son, 31 years old, way too young. I've seen the Holy Spirit lift up the countenance and the head of his wife, Christina. And I've seen the Holy Spirit pour life and love and peace. We talked about it several weeks ago that, that the default mode of every Christian is peace. Peace doesn't mean butterflies and nice breezes and tranquility. Peace means unmovable. Our foundation is the rock Christ, Christ Jesus. He remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's our foundation. We may blow around a bit, but our foundation is rock steady. And my family, we've been blowing around the last three weeks, but our foundation has been rock steady. The day that it took place, the day that my nephew took his life, that evening, we sat around a table with my sister and we prayed and we praised God. How encouraging is that? And it's not because we're some spiritual giants. It's just that praise God for, the, for the, the, the heritage that we have, that our faith is unwavering, even during bad times, even during difficult seasons and pain. Our faith is unwavering, and our rock, our Savior, Jesus Christ, he's, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he never changes and he sticks closer than a brother and he has. He's walked with me closer than anyone else and he's done it via the Holy Spirit that came into my life as soon as I believed, as soon as I confessed faith in my Lord. He came into my life and he has remained and that's what the Holy Spirit has done. We've studied about the Holy Spirit. Think about it. Uh, David Lampert and I we're talking about this. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit all the way since the Pentecost Sunday, you know? Uh, 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 I was calling it Shavuot. We've got uh, Rochelle has joined us again today. Uh, bless, and, and so I got to meet her. She was here two weeks ago. Thank you for being here. And she's here in the neighborhood. Uh, but she actually grew up Jewish. So so she let me know I was pronouncing it wrong. So at least at least according to, to the group she comes from. So it's Shavuot. Shavuot. Okay, so. Uh, or if you just want to stick to the Greek, it's Pentecost. So 50 days after Passover. So uh, But that's. That's when we started talking about the Holy Spirit. And we learned that we are filled with the Spirit. The actual Spirit, Holy Spirit of God fills you and begins to possess you and take, starts infiltrating. When you submit to Him, it starts infiltrating every avenue of your life, from your decision-making to the way you talk. Anyone ever get saved? You, you got saved, and all of a sudden, people are just like, man, you don't even talk the same anymore. You don't even act the same anymore. You know? All of a sudden, your buddies want to go do something that, Something changes, you're like, I, I can't go do that anymore. It just doesn't feel right. Why? Well, because it's the Holy Spirit alive in your life. He's, he's the paraclete, was the Greek word for it, or the, the one who comes alongside and walks with it. You don't ever have to be alone. And the encouraging thing about the Holy Spirit is, number one, Jesus called him a comforter. and Man, I've, I've been encountering that comfort for the last three weeks when, when I've cried out to him. He's the comforter, but he's also... What, he, what Jesus said is the Holy Spirit will only speak what he hears the Father say. So the Holy Spirit, when you learn to start listening to him and start letting him guide your life, you can be assured and have faith that, that he's, he's, it's a direct line to the Father. The one who created you. The master of the entire, you know, all of existence is wrapped up in God himself. And so, so the Holy Spirit gives us the assurance and the insurance that that we can be led directly by the Father. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we, we've learned about gifts that the Holy Spirit has brought. You know, he gives you supernatural abilities and gifts at times. Uh, he will put his super or his, his transcendence onto your natural abilities and, and push you further than what you ever thought for the edification of each other, right? So he gives us gifts so that we can feed each other and encourage each other. And then he also bears fruit in our life or there's attributes as we begin to submit to the Holy Spirit. I want to say this, just because you have the Holy Spirit living in you does not mean that these fruit begin to be show up in your life. You have to submit to him. Say, well, I've, I've been walking with God for 25 years and I'm still the most impatient person on the planet he hasn't brought patience, He hasn't made me patient yet. He's not going to make you patient. You have to submit to him. You have to submit that impatience to him, and patience sprouts up. You have to submit your, your anger to him, and gentleness comes up. You've got to give some things away. Throw it away. I submit it. That's what submit means. you know? That's that's what you learn to do when you're married. Say, oh, he's preaching Ephesians 5. Now I'm actually talking about your wallet. <laughs> you submit your wallet to your spouse. <laughs> See? Gorgeous. Gorgeous. I gotta cover. That's what she used to call me before we got married. For the last year, she called me gorgeous. Now she says handsome. Handsome. What's he saying? Handsome. Handsome. Uh, So, uh, we've studied so far six fruit. We're going to wrap it up today and study the last three fruit of the Spirit that are are listed. Now, I'm excited. Next week, we're going to be talking about the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, We're coming up into September. We talked about two feasts already in the spring. Uh, Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then you had uh, Shavuot or, or Pentecost. And that was uh, to celebrate the wheat harvest. Uh, and and we, we studied how both of those feasts tied into Christ. Well, we're going to study about how the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Shelters ties into Christ. So I'm really excited about that. Okay? Uh, but we're going to wrap up this Long study, this deep dive that we've been doing. Galatians chapter five, verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, in other words, the work which he, his presence within accomplishes is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. They can bring a charge. So in other words, no matter what country or type of government you live under or what freedom or oppression you live under, if you allow these fruit to bear in your life, nobody's ever going to make a law. You think somebody's going to make a law and say, you are forbidden to be nice to people. You are forbidden to be patient. It is illegal to be gentle. No, no one's going to create laws about this because the kingdom of God supersedes any other form of government, supersedes anything else. If you were living in the kingdom, you can be free. Even, even a prisoner that winds up coming to Christ and has to live the rest of his life in prison can still find freedom. Physically, he may be jailed or incarcerated, but he can still be free. And so that's what's awesome about the fruit of the spirit. Today, we're gonna to talk about faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Faithfulness, faithfulness. Uh, faithfulness, some of the basic um, definitions are unswerving adherence to a person or thing or to the oath or promise by which a tie was contracted. So, so if, if you have made a vow or an oath to someone, to, to be faithful means you don't swerve off of that oath or that contractual agreement. To be true to one's word. Man, wouldn't that, didn't that become invaluable these days? Just to to do what you say you're gonna do. Another one, full of faith, faithfulness. Wouldn't that be wonderful to be so full of faith that even during the difficult times that you wanna ask why, you just say, Lord, I trust you, I trust you. I I don't understand it. I'm not even happy at the moment, but I trust you. I trust what you're doing. Full of faith. Proverbs says it's actually really difficult to even find a faithful person now. That's, That's pretty sad, but it's true. It's difficult to find a faithful person. Luke 16.10 says, he who is faithful. So if you're unswerving in the agreement you have made with others, if you're faithful in a very little thing, you're gonna be faithful also in much. But he who is dishonest and unjust in a very little is dishonest and unjust also in much. So if you own a business or you're looking to hire somebody or you're just looking to hang out with someone, Watch to see how faithful they are in the little things. Because if they're faithful in little things, you can, you can trust them with a lot of things. But if they're not faithful or they're dishonest with little things, you may want to avoid them. Before, if we got any single folk in here, before you decide to get married, you think you found Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright, you need to make sure, watch how faithful they are in the little things. Because if they're faithful in little things, they'll be faithful over the big things. Lord, help us to be faithful to our families. Help us to be faithful with our commitments. We should be, man, I'm I'm praying that the fellowship here gathering becomes known as the most faithful people on the planet. That we become faithful friends, faithful supporters, faithful believers, faithful spouses, faithful spouses. I'm telling you, if you'll submit to the Holy Spirit, he will teach you how to be faithful. He will, I can, I can tell you what, when I've seen couples, when they've begun to, when, when I've seen husbands, when they've begun to truly submit to the Holy Spirit, they were able to kick their porn habit just like that. Because we're talking about faithfulness. There's not a spouse in here that wants to be compared to somebody else's image, right? I don't care if you're a husband or a wife, spouses, we need to guard our eyes, Jesus said, if you look upon another woman in in lust, you've already committed adultery. You're not even being faithful. And it goes the same way with wives. Wives, if you look at another man in lust, the, the sin is committed long before the act is committed because you've decided in your heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and you wind up doing things, right? Faithful, faithful. The Bible say, well, how can I be faithful? The, the Holy Spirit will teach it." Ephesians 5 talks about submitting one to another within marriage. The wives submit, you know, we, we beat on that a lot. Wives, submit unto your husband as the church submits to Christ. But then he also says, husbands, likewise. In other words, you submit, husbands, by loving your wife as Christ loves the church. How does, how does Christ love us? Yeah, he gave his life. And he loves us unconditionally, you know? How many, how many people over the last month have had a day that you've been a knucklehead in some way or another? I'll raise hands and feet on that one. Did that, did that make Christ love you less? No, his love was constant. So that he loves us and he presents to himself, Ephesians says, a spotless or perfect bride well, who's the bride of Christ? We are. we are. We are the bride of Christ. Are you spotless and perfect? Not really, but he presents you to himself as a spotless bride through the washing of the word, he says. And he says, husbands, that's how you're supposed to love your wife. So I don't know who I'm talking to today, and I'm not saying it condemningly. I'm saying it as your brother and in love. You need to put it, turn off the pornography Turn off the images you don't need to see. And some of you need to look at your wife and present to yourself a spotless, perfect bride. Say, well, she's not perfect. She is, if you start washing her with her, start speaking the word of God over her and present to yourself someone, hey, you are the perfect bride for me. You are the perfect bride. We'll work through whatever we're working through. It's it's called being faithful, being faithful, be faithful on your job. If you work for somebody else, be, be the best worker. For, for when I, every job I've ever held, I wanted to work so hard that if they had to do cutbacks, they would think twice about getting rid of me, you know? I may not have the seniority, but you know what? Yeah, we'll figure out, this guy up here, we'll figure out how to get rid of him to keep Dave around because he works, he works hard, right? Uh, anytime I've had a boss, if they've come to me and said, hey, I needed to do something, I would say, it's already done, what you need? Why? Because I wanted to be faithful. Hey, they trusted me enough to give me a job. I wanted to show up and be faithful. Be faithful. The Holy Spirit, when you submit to him, he will bring about a spirit of excellence and faithfulness in your life. Amen. Luke 16, 12, he goes on to say, this is Jesus. He says, and if you have not proved faithful in that which belongs to another whether God or man, who will give you that which belong, which is your own, that is true riches. In other words, if, if you can't trust me to treat your stuff just like I would my stuff, then why would God trust me to give me my own stuff to take care of, right? If he says, well, hey, you know, help Howard out with some things, and then I'm not faithful in what I'm doing with Howard, well, he's not, why would God want to give me my own stuff? You know, so just, we need, we need faithfulness to just, permeate. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he who makes haste to be rich at any cost shall not go unpunished. So look, if you'll learn to walk in faithfulness, there's some true blessings that are going to come. Okay. And I'm not just talking about monetary wealth. I'm just talking about the blessings of God and the provision of God and the faithfulness of God. He's, he's going to be faithful with you. You can, you can be assured of that. Gentleness. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's talk about gentleness softness of manners, mildness of temper, sweetness of disposition. Man, we need to be gentle. <coughs> Say, I'm not wimpy like that. Gentleness is not does not equate to wimpiness, right? Uh, now, I have inherited through marriage, I have inherited a beautiful German shepherd named Ranger, right? Uh, now, if I can figure out how to keep his hair on his body, that would be even wonderful, right? German Shepherd shed, man, they said. He's a powerful dog. He's beautiful, he's powerful. He could rip your arm off if you want it. But when you play with him, there's such a gentleness. He'll, even when he bites you, there's just this, you know, he's very gentle about it because he's just playing. Does that make him a wimp? No, he can still take your arm off. But he has a very gentle personality. If, you know, the Holy Spirit is compared to water quite a bit. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And and, uh, he's he's like a man who is planted by the water, right? The the Holy Spirit is represented oftentimes by water. There's nothing, nothing wimpy about water. Water carved the Grand Canyon. But if you want to possess water, if we wanted to go collect some water out there, we're not gonna go snatch it, are we? No, there's a gentleness that you you have to pick the water up by and dealing, learning to deal with the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we think boldness and loudness and vibrato is indicative of moving and flowing in the Holy Spirit. No, sometimes it's about calming down enough to hear what he has to say and to know what he wants you to do. There is a nice gentle cupping that you have to you know, scoop Him up with. Uh, he was also compared to a dove. When John the Baptist baptized Jesus, he saw the Holy Spirit Descend like a dove on Jesus, and and we've got doves that live here in the neighborhood. Now doves are cousins of pigeons. A lot of us have pigeon religion. You know, a pigeon man they they're cantankerous. They'll, you know, they'll they'll they'll, they like noise. That's why they hang out in big cities because they're like, hey, there's lots of food around here. They don't they're not bothered by horns, cars. You know, you can you can run through them and everything else. They'll, They'll get out of your way, but then they'll come right back to where they were. Pigeons are a little bit more noisy. Doves are a little bit more skittish. And if you ever have a dove nest outside your home, they're really pretty. Of course, they get really messy too, <laughs> but, but they're really pretty. But if you go outside and if you start yelling or, or you start fussing at your kids or your kids start banging on stuff, they'll relocate. They don't like all, they don't like all the noise. They don't like all the, they, they kind of like gentle, gentle atmospheres. And yet the Holy Spirit was compared to a dove. You ever notice that when, when you're able to keep a gentle composure, it seems like the presence of God sticks around. But as soon as you just start losing your temper or you start getting in a foul mood, you don't, you don't feel his presence anymore. I'm not saying God leaves you. I just, I just believe that God takes a step back and says, all right, throw your fit. When you calm down, I'll start dealing with you. <laughs> you know? So we got to learn to be gentle. 1 Timothy 6.11 says this, but as for you, O oh man, flee from all these things. Now, he just got through talking about the love of money and people that were obsessed with becoming rich and pursuing wealth and money. He's saying, no, 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 you flee from all this, aim at and pursue. Look at all the things he says, don't, pursue. don't worry about pursuing money, but pursue these things. Righteousness, that means being righted, a right standing before God. Godliness, that means having a healthy fear of God and being Christ-like. He said, pursue faith. Woo, man, faith. That's why I camp out a lot. You know that, my journey. Lord, I trust you no matter what. It's not about believing in God. It's about believing God. Faith. He said, pursue love. Pursue steadfastness, or that's a fancy word for patience. And then pursue gentleness of heart. So over, prioritize pursuing learning to be gentle and kind over even making money that must mean that gentleness is pretty valuable i guarantee you start doing business with a kind and gentle heart you got you you're more posed to, to to make more wealth off of that than you would you know being a jerk right colossians three y'all still here with me all right Three of you are still here. Thank you. Says God chose you to be the holy people. Now we read this last week. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves. Isn't that wonderful that he chose you to be part of the holy people that he loves. He says, you must clothe yourselves with, so when you get up in the morning and you put your clothes on, make sure you put on tender heart of mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness. Make sure you put your gentleness shirt on. And then patience. Get those patience drawers on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I said drawers. Anyone else calling that? Y'all still here? Y'all offended yet? I'm trying really hard to offend you today. Colossians 3.12 says that. Make sure you put on your gentleness. Did you put your gentleness on? Next time, next time you're your kids wake up in a foul mood, say, "Woo, that attitude stinks. You need to go get your gentleness on, man. That's pretty stinky. Proverbs fifteen four: a gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life, but willful contrariness, and it breaks down the spirit. Man, wouldn't it be wonderful for folks to understand that anything that comes out of your mouth is a tree of life? To say it with a gentle tongue, if... You know, those who I have permitted to speak into my life, not just encouragement, but correction, speak caution, speak critiquing, they tend to do so with a gentleness about them. It doesn't mean that it always feels good when they're correcting me, but I know they're doing it out of love. And I know that they're doing it with my best intentions. Now, if somebody's a jerk and just wants to come up and complain to me about, well, what they speak may be truth, but I ain't gonna listen to them, you know, it's not fun. Man, but if you can learn to speak with gentleness, then you, gotta, you have a tree of life coming out of your mouth. Self-control, we're wrapping up. Self-control. The reason why I believe that this is last is because you've got to conquer all these other things before you can even get to self-control. If you can't even learn to love people, you're not going to learn to control yourself. If you, can't, if you can't even learn to just be patient, you're definitely not going to have self-control, Right? So, But the Holy Spirit, when you submit to him, he will give you self-control. Anyone struggle with self-control? If you didn't raise your hand, you're lying. You're lying, lying, lying. So, hey, I'll be honest. I've talked about it, man. Uh, It's it's hard. My biggest vice, and, you know, it's funny because we'll laugh about it, especially in the church. Like, if I got up and said, guys, I want you to know I'm struggling with alcohol, people would be like, oh, pastor, man, okay, let's... Get your help. But I get up and say, look, I'll be honest, man, I struggle with food. Everyone's oh, don't we all? No, you don't struggle. Not all of you struggle. Look at you. Some of y'all are skinny. Makes me sick. <laughs> you know? I smell a cheeseburger, I gained five pounds. Right? I wish and I've said it before, I wish I had just as much victory o- over cheesecake as I do cocaine. You can put a big old pile of cocaine in front of me, I ain't gonna do anything. I don't care. Devil can't tempt me with that. You put cheesecake in front of me, and I'll start sweating. I start going into withdrawals. I, you know, I'll wind up going stealing something just so I can buy that. I don't know, you know. I mean, it's bad. It's bad. And yet, yeah, we'll still think, oh, it's food, okay, whatever. No, a lot of us dig our grave early with our fork, you know, that's, that's really the truth of it. Self-control, it means restraint exercised over one's impulses. Emotions or, in, or desires, some folks have a hard time with being impulsive, you know? Uh, I, I'll be honest, when, when my, my nephew, who was struggling with some things, and uh, one of the treatments they were giving him, they, they gave him Adderall, which is sometimes very effective for some folks. It's an amphetamine. And for folks like that are with ADHD or bipolar, you know, like if, if maybe you have a child that's been diagnosed with ADHD, you'll, you'll know that like caffeine, things that are stimulants for us can level them off, right? So if I'm out and about, you know, with, with, with Lily and I'm, I realize, oh, we're not gonna make it back home in time for an afternoon pill, I'm like, hey, we're stopping by the QT, we're getting us a Coke, you know? Why? Because it's gonna help level her off for the afternoon until we can get back home. And and yet, but the problem is if you are struggling massively in the area of self-control, you know, even something as simple as something that's supposed to help you can become quite addictive because you can't control it. So this is very vital. This is extremely vital for all of us to submit to the Holy Spirit enough that we can learn self-control. A person without self-control, according to Proverbs 25, 28, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Back then, cities were dependent on their walls, for their defense. If you have broken down walls, that means you are susceptible to anything. If you don't, if you lack self-control, that means any word can trigger you, any emotion can trigger you, any type If you like with me, you know, man, I can be stuffed, you stick some pizza in front of me, oh man, Lord help me, right? It's if I lack self-control, then, then you, what do you have to defend to give you pause? Sometimes you just need a moment to pause to get back in control. But if your walls are down, you don't even have time to pause. So pursue self-control. This week, ask the Holy Spirit, teach me. I submit to you, teach me to have self-control, to control myself. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice or craving and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love And of calm and well-balanced mind and disciplined and self control That's the encouraging thing. And that's what keeps me going is because all the areas of my life that I may lack control, I have a Holy Spirit living within me that I know that if I can learn to submit to him in a greater way, he will give me control over myself and in these areas. He will put his super on my natural and I can supernaturally say no to cheesecake. How about that? Amen, David. I say, I'll amen myself. Y'all ain't gonna amen, I'll amen myself. Proverbs 16, 32, better to be patient than powerful. Look at this, better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Now, I know that was a different culture and custom, but if you looked at your family and say, hey, today we're gonna go conquer Arlington. And we're going to become kings and queens and princes of Arlington. We go out and we conquer the city of Arlington. Now we got access to all, you know, whatever wealth Arlington has, all the resources Arlington has, all their, their, their police force for our own security. All the citizens of Arlington now have to serve us because we are royalty now. We have taken over the city. Well, that'd give you a lot. That, you could live high on the hog for a while. But so, so think about their mindset back then. If you conquer a city, whoo, that's wealth, that's power. But yet, Solomon was saying, hey, it's, it's better to have self-control than to gain all this, all this stuff, to have that kind of power and authority. It's better to have power and authority over your own self than anything else. That's, that's some valuable stuff. Lord, teach us to have self-control. So this week, let's all stand. This week, I want to encourage you. As you're learning to submit to the Holy Spirit and asking, Lord, let these fruit be born. And and remember what we said about fruit. Trees don't bear fruit for their own self. Trees don't eat their own fruit. They don't get to eat it. Everybody else gets to be blessed. You plant an apple tree and you have apples. Well, you're the one that gets, and animals and whoever else, you know? And then those apples actually have seeds that can replicate itself. So when you start bearing the fruit of the Spirit, it's not just for your sake, but it's for everybody else's sake to edify and bless everybody else. And it carries the seed to begin to replicate itself. When you start showing you have gentleness and kindness and meekness and love and peace and patience and self-control, all these gifts, all these, all these fruit it inspires others to pursue the same thing and to replicate things, and not only that, you're blessing everybody on the way. Because trust me, when you love, it's not for the sake of you, it's for the sake of others. If you're patient, it's not for the sake of you. Being patient isn't always fun. But it's to show grace and deference to others. Father, I thank you for your spirit. Fill us all to the brim, Lord, daily. Let us encounter your gifts, your power. But also let us bear these fruits so that we can be a blessing to somebody throughout this week, Lord. Give us gentleness today. Give us self-control, Lord. Help us to be faithful, Lord. Not only to our families, not only to our friends, but be faithful in our commitment to you. Father, when we pledge to do something for your kingdom, give us the courage and the drive to carry it, carry it through, to see it to fruition. We just praise you today, Lord. Rain on us, flow through us and draw us closer to the Father. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. Let's worship one more time together as a family.